Welcome, everyone, to another week. Your host, Mordechai Weinberger, LCSW, Mordechai Weinberger, licensed clinical social worker, and our very special Harav Nissen. What a pleasure and honor to be with you all this amazing and wonderful evening. This program, today, we are going to do something a little bit different. And the, what we're going to do different is, it's a little sad news, and you know this program is always about cheerful, about how to get out of some psychological dilemmas or to create an awareness. But I feel that there was someone extremely special to me and someone that when I went to the Leviah this week, I realized that it's not just me. This is a person that has affected every person that was there. I'm going to go into details in a minute, and we have some three amazing malachim. I know they're going to be disappointed that I call them that, but that just to have them on the ear with us is something very special. So I just want to create the awareness of what is the point of special tonight. I would like us to recognize that to each and every one of us means us, the simple people, we sometimes don't value ourselves and don't realize the power that we have. We're going to be discussing, at least the first part of this program, a giant, a godol, someone that if... I would be honest that every Arab Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, I would call him to get my bracha from him. A person that is a tzaddik, was a tzaddik, his family is amazing, his wife is amazing, someone that has given up for Klal Yisrael so much. And I would, if I can dare say, he was an everyday person that was a giant, and we can all strive to try to be something like that. His loss, to me is something that has affected me on a tremendous level. One of the main people that I look for support, and I wouldn't even contact him that often, but just knowing that I have Rabbi Banish Mendel that I can call up, and I just called him Banish, and someone that's so much older than me, I should just say, you know, Rabbi, no, it's just Banish. And his response is, how are you doing, Shefala? That's it. And this is to anyone and everyone, as we're going to be discussing in a couple of minutes. So what I would like to do is just for us to know who we have with us, on the line, wonderful friends, is someone that I got to know very well in Lakewood. I know he's going to be disappointed if I say this, a tzaddik, but Simcha Shein. We have Nisanul Gold, as Simcha Shein says, a brother and a tzaddik, and another brother and a tzaddik, Michael Vacht, is going to be with us. Now, each of them have known Banish in their way, and I just want people that are listening just to understand what happened. He was Nifter Tuesday night. Wednesday morning at about 10.30 or 11 o'clock, there's a Levi in Shemar Adas, and what are the chances to fill up Shemar Adas? The place was packed that I was stuck outside with about 50 to 100 people standing outside in the freezing cold, and at each hespit, everyone is saying that you felt you were Banish's best friend, and that's exactly what I felt. There were two, three times in my life where I had a medical emergency, and I called him up. His patience his confidence, you just felt calm and relaxed. Live with the Rabbeinu Shalalem. And I would just want to say one other point that to me, I was thinking that, wow, it was such a cover that so many people came, paid him the cover Achran. But then I was feeling someone like Banish should have gotten like the world. And then I noticed that as a taking the RN and walking, there must have been maybe several hundred cars all coming to the Levaya, and then they're taking him to go to the Beis Achayim. They put him in the Hatzalabas. 
which is reserved. I mean, every Hatzala member, in my opinion, is a tzaddik. Every one of their wives are tzaddikis, and their family and their children are amazing. So I asked one of the Hatzala members, is this something that every Hatzala member gets? And they, so they said, everyone should, but the real people that touch their zeicha for that. And to see, I was thinking, the amount of Hatzala members that were there, if Hatzala, anyone is having a tragedy at that moment, I don't know who's going to respond, because every member felt, I have to be there for Banish. So I feel I would like to hear from some of the people that we've got on, and again, to tell everyone that the, the closeness that I felt to Banish, the closeness that I felt to his wife, the closeness that I felt to his children, to walk into that place and to realize that he's not there is from the greatest losses. When I heard he's not well or when he was Nifter, I probably have several people that I know that I could turn to at my time of need. He was one of them. And that loss is tremendous to me to see and to be in a place of several hundred people. There are close to a thousand people at that Leviah. Everyone to be in tears, grown men, grown women, and to say Banish was there. He was so personal, so connected to me. That is a loss that I am feeling, and how will we ever fill that up? There's so much more to say, and I will be talking in a couple of minutes. But first, what I'd like to do is just for us to realize the care and the way everyone felt respected that we're a giant in his presence is something that every one of us can gain and to do to our children. So I guess I would first start with Simcha, and everyone can speak. Simcha, would you like to share an idea or a thought? Absolutely. So I had this chus of, uh, of knowing Banish, as you mentioned, that's who it was called. They weren't allowed to call him rabbi or mister. He was just Banish. He was a very proud Kayan. He took it very personal, and he, uh, and he used it. You know, he, was, he called everybody Shefala and Sadaka, and everybody had their own name, and it's true. Everybody was truly his best friend. Not that we felt that he was, his, he was our best friend. He really made us believe and he, and, he, and he convinced us that he really was. And everybody, all those thousands of people at the Leviah, every single one of us had this chus to be Banish's uh, best friend. His heart, his heart was so huge that he was actually able to give of himself. You know, I was uh, with Banish and, uh, and Michael Vach and, and Asano and all the other holy Jews in Camp Simcha. And Banish, unfortunately, this past year is very difficult for him. He's been a paramedic in camp for, I'm guessing, probably 15 years or so. And he looked forward to it every year, and he was devastated that he couldn't come. But he was able to come on the helicopter that was actually was arranged through, through his, I guess, his Rebbe and his partner in Chesed, and the family still keeps those helicopter trips coming for those children every year. And Banish would come along, came along on the trip, and he, and he came into camp, and he did the same thing that used to happen wherever Banish went, whether it was on a Hatzalah call, whether it was at a Simcha. It was amazing to watch as Banish walked in. He wasn't a tall guy. He wasn't a big guy. But people would line up, would line up 10 deep waiting for brachas. And everybody came to get that brachas kayan. And that's what he would do. Banish showed so much love and so much empathy. When you told Banish of your tsaris and your problems, you knew that he truly felt it. You saw it in his eyes. You felt it in the hug that he gave you. You felt it in the bracha that he gave you after us and the chizuk and the constant text messages and WhatsApp and voice notes that he would leave just saying, Hi, Shefala, I'm thinking of you. I love you. I miss you. Call me any time that you need. Wow. Let me ask you something, because I'm thinking about it. And the way you just put it down, the way he would say Shefala or 
she gives you that hug and you felt it. We all know people. What was it that somehow when Banish did it, it was just different? Like you said, there was a certain, he would come to a scene or just speak to you and there was just some, you wanted to be around him. What was it? I'm saying you knew him. Did you have the same feeling? Was it different? Do people call you by your name, Simcha? Is it just when he's there, do you feel it? Is it everyone? I was trying to place it over the last week. What is it that he did? It was just something that came from his heart, from the deepest part he of opened, his soul. He opened his heart. He opened his heart to everybody. If he was not afraid is, is, to be real. That's a Tzadik Hassan Al-Gold speaking right now. <clears throat> the he, he wasn't afraid to be himself. He never had a time where you had to, he had to worry, what's somebody going to think of me? He had one goal, to make sure that you are doing better. That's it. He focused on you and you alone, and when he was talking to you, he was only talking to you. He wasn't checking his phone. He wasn't looking at anybody else. He wasn't concentrating on anybody else. You felt he gave you his undivided attention, regardless of what he was doing. Now, let me ask you, because I know this, but I was wondering, was Banish someone that only picked people that were, let's say, had titles, if you were a Rav, or if you were wealthy, or if you were only Yidin, what was his Kayach? Was he someone that was just for certain type people? Was he only for Nebuch cases? Or did, was everyone just a Yid? Or was everyone just a person that, that was anyone that was alive? Belichim. his undivided attention, and felt like he cared about him till the end of the world. I remember I was once like with a hospital with him, and all the doctors and nurses respected him. Was, that, was it just a one-time scene that I saw, or was that how it was when he would get to the hospital, that when he spoke or when he was involved in his gentle tone, some, somehow things happened? I have two stories along the same line that I think are uh, bring out um, who Banish was. And, uh, you know, I was Baruch Hashem, you know, to know him and, uh, and Bashi for nearly 30 years. Um, I kind of grew up in his house a long time ago, spent many, many Shabbat with him. But over the years on Atala, we had been uh, lucky enough to do a couple of uh, joint training exercises with Mada, Magen David Dominic Israel. Um, one of the folks that we met over there was a paramedic by the name of Ayal Zahavi, um, who was a really, really special kind of guy. But you know, I, don't, I you know I knew the guy and he knew me, and you know we got along. But the the, the, the connection that Vanish developed with him and with other people. I think you mentioned that when you hit the head, not just by, by the fact that he was a paramedic, but he had a, a gentleness about him that was um, very, very contagious, a gentleness about him that people just wanted to be around him. Um, and as Ayal felt very, very close to him. Another person that, that Simcha and I both know, Rona, who's one of the senior uh, supervisors from El Al, um, who, who was devastated by the news. And, you know, Rona was somebody that was just a plain old, uh, I guess, uh, a supervisor at LL and Vanish had done many, many medical transports, you know, over the years. And uh, Rona had just developed this kinship with Vanish um, that she, he was the guy that she went to, regardless of anything medical. She, he was, he was the guy that she went to over nearly 25 years of Vanish um, being involved in in doing transports. And you know, listen, Simchanayin and Sal was old on transports, but he had just some kind of way to connect with people on a human level, that was truly extraordinary. That is something that, you know, we've been doing this a long time. It's just truly extraordinary. He touched people in just a very, very unique, unique way. Wow. 
I, I was actually talking to a friend of mine just before I was doing before we're doing this program, and I go, how can I put words? into a concept of a person that touched so many people. So he asked me, what did you feel when you were around him? And I said, I felt like I can do anything. And I also felt that I have someone having my back in case I make a mistake. So in fact, the first time I started on, on radio, about four, probably six years ago, it was Danish that told me, oh, I'm doing a program, you know, for like a medical program, like through Shlomo Zakheim, and said, come, I'll take you for the first couple of shows just to see what it's like. And it was sort of, he made it so simple that, of course, you could go on the radio. Do you know the scary feeling it is to go on radio? And he just had that energy about him. And I just asked Reb Nissen, you have so much experience because you are very much like this. This is Reb Nissen and the person that has the, the power behind everything that we do here. And he's a person of vision. Reb Nissen, like, just like you have this program of if I can, you can, where he has children, any question about construction or anything, really, He'll show you how to do it, Rabnissen. You have that kayak. Like, do you have someone that inspired you, Rabnissen, to say, yes, you can? <laughs> yeah, I tell you the truth that uh, my father was in peace. He was the, the man uh, that, uh, uh, for me, was the, the best example. Yeah. This is one that I looked to all the time, and I, nothing that uh, it could stop him, you know. Whenever he just uh, say it to fix or to do something, he did it. Even uh, it was very in a very hostile uh, environment, every place. Just yeah. it was like a like a, like a rock. Yeah. And this is was uh, my experience. Yes, I also want us to recognize Rabnissen that I used a little bit protection. I know these three wonderful malachim are not going to enjoy me talking about them a second. But when we're talking about Danish Mandel, someone that has affected so much of Kleistral, literally saved thousands of lives. We're talking about a paramedic, but he wasn't a paramedic. It was working. Someone was at the Shiva. I was there yesterday, and he said his father was, I'm pretty sure he said, either 70 or 80 years old, and he had a massive heart attack, that Danish was doing compressions on him, heart compressions, for about 45 minutes when everyone said he's an older man, give up. And he says his father still got another year and a half. After that, what he brought him back. He worked on everyone, no matter what the age, that they are alive. We will pull, do anything we can, and he'll put all his kaychas into it to do that. We have over here three tzaddikim that each of them, we can say, have pulled, have brought back thousands of people, literally thousands, on the air. And to get each of you together, I find there's a yutzchus for Rabbi Benish and for the entire family. Nisanel, I know I spoke to you a couple minutes earlier, and you mentioned to me that your daughter has reached out, and I guess I would like to give someone that I really have never met, but I've heard a lot about him from Danish, and that is about one of, I would say, his closest and best friend, Shlomo Zakheim, because it's as well as a tzaddik, and I've heard that they would go to Russia together to do Brisson in the past. Can you, Nisanel, tell me a little about that? And then your daughter even did a report. I'm curious about so, uh, that. I'll, 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 I'll tell you, but I have to change, I have to change the topic a little bit, because what I did was not that. Um, Michael and Simcha did an enormous amount of transports with him, as well as going to Russia and every place else. I did not do that. I wasn't Zeicha for that. But I will tell you, my daughter, at one point, was involved with an unbelievable chesed project in Shlomo Zakheim, which was, um, was sort of like a Make-A-Wish Foundation, where they gave a last wish to a child who unfortunately was sick for a very long time. And after this project, which was like three days, they went on a trip. 
So unfortunately, the girl came back and she was Nefteris, and my daughter went there and then the Shiva. She missed a lot of school. And because of it, um, she had to write a report for the school on chesed and the effects on family. So when she came to me, I told her to discuss with Danish and get his feelings, and of course his wife's and my parents and myself and some other people. And I want to just tell you what Danish said in one of his conversations with her. This is what chesed means to him. This was the question. What does chesed mean to you? Danish's answer was, quote, Chesed involves feeling another's pain, visualizing what you would feel like if you were in that mass, and by truly relating to it, feeling compelled to do something to alleviate the pain or suffering, or at least being there to assure the person they're not alone in their misery. That means, in the highest level. That epitomized Benish Mandela. He was a person that, no matter what you were going, he took a part and put it on his shoulders, and I'm patrol to patrol with you. Let's get through this together. And that is, everybody felt that, no matter what they were going through in their life. It didn't matter if the monster was impossible or the easiest thing in the world. He put his shoulder to it and said, let's do it together. Let's get through it together. Before we go to the family, because I want to go to the family, there's just, there are sometimes people get impressed by names. So, I heard a story, I just want to mention that there are three huge G'daylam, and I would say there's a Tzadashava of those three big G'daylam that are not alive today, and I could, we will probably consider them Tzadik Yisoyed Eilam. Very few of, I mean, we've Bachshem got G'daylam in Klai but very few that have reached those names. Now, I'd like to share with everyone the three names that were, he was extremely close to. And they trusted him and felt close to him, not because of his, not because, and again, forgive me, you guys are paramedics and Sadiqim, but not because he was a paramedic. It's the energy, the way he came in, the way he spoke, that you felt this trust and you felt you could turn to him. So the first was the Lubavitcher That's all. He was so close to him, and he was from the main paramedics that dealt with anything and everything that had to happen the last couple of years of his life. Reb Nassim Sri Finkel, that he was close to for, I think, I've heard of like almost 30 years or something like that, if not more. And Raf Pamzatzal, which all three of them are Tzadik Yisraelim. And would one of you want to share with me the story I heard how he got, co- how he got close to Raf Pam? To... Okay, so. I'm not Raf Pam, so I have one small story about Raf if you'd like to hear it. I, I don't know that Please, story. go right ahead. That's that one I know. So just one small story I have about Ramnathan C. Finkel. Um, we, had, we had been together, I believe, on a transport there to Israel, and as I heard Chaim say tonight, at the Shiva, there were two things that were mandatory on Banish's list when he went there to Israel, and typically when he went there to Israel on a transport, he'd be there typically maybe five, six hours, certainly not more than eight hours, and he'd go back. Um, in, 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 in no particular order, but I guess in some order, is the two things that he had on his list to do in Eretz Yisrael was, number one, visit the Kotel, number two, yeah. visit Rav Nassim Um And I was, um, I guess, 10 years uh, younger than him, but it certainly was the first time I was meeting the Rosh Hashiva, and um, Banish walked into the room. He said, Michael, let's go. We're going to see the Rosh Hashiva. I said, phenomenal, fantastic. Walked into the house. He was greeted like he was family by everybody. Incredible. I was blown away because I've known Danish a long time. I did not know how close he was. And this is the Rashid from Mir. And then we walked in to see Rav Nassim And the Rosh Hashiva got up 
and walked over to him, and they and they walked towards each other and embraced and kissed each other like they had been brothers that had not seen each other for months. It was just absolutely incredible to see. I'll never forget that moment uh, in my entire life to see the way that they embraced and hugged each other. Um, the see you saw had a tremendous kinship and tremendous love for Banish. Yeah, Banish had the same love back, but it was always the picture of humility when it came to when it came when it came to Godolim. Picture of humility. He he was humble, um, extremely um, yeah, extremely humble in front of the Rosh Hashiva. And there was a tremendous tremendous sense of love that anyone that was around could see and palpate. Truly, truly amazing to see. I'll never forget that as long as I live. So I would like to share is this is again one of the main reasons why I'm focusing on Avinish is a he was very dear to me, but there's a, a greater message that I have, and that is that Banish, again, we couldn't call him Rabbanish to his face, it was just Banish. And he would just call you either Tzadik or Shafel. Those were the two titles that you had. And what I want to get to everyone is we this is what us the simple people can really accomplish. Means take something that you are, is it in we're gonna hear soon a little about his learning, but we can elevate ourselves to be the person that people say, wow, around him I feel loved. Around this person I feel safe. Around this person I can grow. So just to share everyone a story that I heard at the Shiva, because they showed me a picture, and they explained to me the picture, what the picture is. So what happened was two, three years before Afpam was Nifta, while he was alive, he needed a, just simply a transport to go from his house to the hospital, and they used the company that Banish worked in, that's with Shlomo Zakheim. And he just was looking at the roster of calls that need to go out, and all of a sudden he saw Palm at East 7th. He says, this must be the Rosh Hashiva. So he called up the dispatcher and asked, Did any, was anyone dispatched? He said, no. So he said, okay, I'm going. And with another fellow, they mentioned the name Chucky. I don't know who that is. He says, Chucky, we're going to pick up. Chances are this is Rosh Hashiva, and we want to make sure it's done the right way. And he went there, and he transported him. And from that time, he told him, he gave his business card, and he said, any time you need me, day or night, I am there. And when, once you meet Banish, once you know Banish's feeling and the security and the confidence that he gives you, you just, you just know you can do it, and you feel at ease calling him because for some odd reason you don't think a person like that sleeps, or his wife, or his kids. You just assume he's 24-7, no matter what time you wake him up, it's always with that peaceful voice. So at the Shiva, the Palm family, some family members showed up and brought them a picture and says, do you know what, want to know what I was on my parents' or grandparents' night table the last two years of their life? And they showed a picture of Banish's card with his number handwritten on it. That was what they went to sleep every single night with a peacefulness that if Chas Shalom, they need any help at all, they called Banish directly and he took care of this. Now, this is not just for Afam. He wasn't a Talmud in the yeshiva. He just saw a name and an address, and he made an assumption, but he did this to everyone. This is a kayach that every person, that every one of us can do. Who's someone that we have a family member, a brother, a cousin, a sister, a mother, a father, a friend? We can all tell the person, I'll be here for you. Let me just speak to you what's going on. Just take the person out. The point is you give them the feeling when they're around you, you're telling them, let's figure out how you can succeed. Imagine I would have a difficulty calling someone Shefala or Tzaddik, but I find it very easy to tell someone, I believe in you. Of course you have Kayach. Of course you'll be successful. That is a Kayach that Danish had. Now I'd like to go a drop about his family. So Nassan, if you can also read to me that another quote about what he hoped 
that you have over there that your daughter wrote in her uh, report about what the uh, uh, <clears throat> Michael, you told me in the family. I'm going to look for it right now. I just want to say <clears throat> you, should, you should know that, and everyone should, not you, everyone should know, every person that walked in, I was just talking to this kid tonight, and I said, you know, I came with my son, my son is 12, and my son came with me many, many, many times over there to visit. And I told his daughters, I said, you know, when I was here, the many times, when Rabbi Leaf was there, Rabbi also was there, when, his, when he had 30 guests by the Shabbos table, which was almost every Shabbos, full, full house, when one of his children or Anikos walked in, everything stopped. Stopped. Shaysa would come, how are you? What's doing in yeshiva? How's your ready? What are you learning? It was unbelievable. Literally focused on his family, on his anikos. That was priority number one in his life. He always, and they walked away. They didn't know this, and they don't know this till now. Maybe they do. He said, you know how much nachas I have from this one? You're learning over here with this one. You know how much nachas I have from this one? This one has a good job over here. Yet, from each child, he used to quell the nachas when they walked away. He'd tell me, wow, this one, doing so great. About chesed, about all the different things they were doing. Unbelievable. So I'm going to tell you one second. And you asked me for a call. I'm going to give you one call before the one you wanted. And this is phenomenal. Sure. Mom is phenomenal. And he's, when he's, I think you read this. I believe that my involvement in doing chesed has merited me the schos of being nitzel from the gezera of death twice. It has done more than affect my life. It has given me life. This is what he said. Now, when he said this, you have to understand, this is within the last ten and a half years, after his diagnosis, after he was sick for so long, he said this, that this is the reason he's alive is because of his involvement in chesed. That's just fascinating. Yeah, that is him, able to see how he can help someone else. Any, anyway, and you know, I, I was with him when he was in such pain, and I could see on his face, but his phone rang, and someone called, and he didn't spend 30 minutes on the phone with him, and you wouldn't know something was wrong. You would think those 30 minutes, he just motioned with your hand, just stay away, this is private, you knew stay away, and the conversation went as long as it went. He never rushed anyone off the phone, he was never in a rush to go, so wherever he was going, on hold, I'm dealing with someone who needs my help. That's it. And Mamsh gave him chiyas. It literally gave him chiyas. Yeah. Mordechai, if I can say a quick story that took place uh, about six years ago in Lakewood, a uh, very close friend of mine was, uh, at Solomon was actually diagnosed. Uh, he was diagnosed. And it was the next day, and of course my friend was devastated. He had no idea what, you know, he was going up against. I said, the only person I could think of that will be able to tell him you know, what to expect would be Banish. Banish was, you know, Banish has been sick for 10 and a half years. And I called him up. I said, Banish, I need you to do me a favor. You know, the city says, of course I know him. I said, he needs to speak to you. I said, if you can just give him a phone call. I said, it will give him so much chizak. He said, it will be my absolute pleasure. I said, can you call him? I said, I really can't. I need about an hour and a half. Would that work? I said, sure, whenever it works for you. An hour and a half later, Banish Mandel was in Lakewood. He drove from his house to Lakewood, and he sat with this person for four hours to tell him that he's going to get through it, and he's going to be tough, and it's going to be a tough ride, but they're going to get through it together. And he made the guy give him his word that after he recovers, he will join him in Camp Simcha as a paramedic. And that's what he did. After this, he got a clear PET scan. He joined Banish in Camp Simcha as a paramedic. That was that was the empathy. Instead of get, just getting on a phone call and saying, "Hey, you're gonna make it. You're gonna weather this storm," 
for somebody to get on who's been, what, 52, 53 years old at 9 or 10 o'clock at night to get into a car and just drive down to Lakewood, that was exactly who, who Banish was. as Nassano said, and that's all he was. Do you find the quotes yeah. where I got it, I got children? It. Great. I got it. And this, is the way, this is the way my daughter prefaced it when she wrote it. She wrote, yeah. the ever-humble Danish Mandel says, this is what she wrote, the ever-humble Danish Mandel, which so, it's just so him. That's the way he was. He was just so, as he said, to everybody, he thanked everyone hundreds over and over to thank us for helping him. We weren't helping him. We were helping ourselves. Just that he allowed us in his circle of friends was such a was beyond comprehension that he's not here to talk to today. It's, 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 the, the loss is as though a parent of mine. It's not just like a parent. Yeah. You know, he, yeah. This is what my daughter wrote. This is what Banish says. The ever humble Banish Mandel says, I hope my Kindle of are influenced positively by what I try to accomplish, and I hope they will forever feel, they will, I'm sorry, they will always feel the pain of another Jew. It doesn't say wow. by what I accomplish. You see, by what I try to accomplish. This is the way he wow. lives. This is the way he speaks. This is his life. Yes. Yeah. Can we talk he a just moment? felt everybody yeah, think. about the family. I, his wife, Bashi, an amazing Sadek, is the wonderful, amazing children. They gave him nachas, each and every one of them. He was so proud of every one of them. Michael, you yeah. told me you knew a little, you know the family on a more personal level. Yeah, so, yeah, actually, and thank you back, because uh, thinking back to what you, how you started the program, you wanted, I think one of the things you wanted to take away was some little pearls that we can all apply to our own personal lives. So yeah. just, a, just a quick uh, snippet, which, which I think is, is, is really poignant. Uh, it goes back with me many, many years. As I mentioned earlier, um, I was also to know him, my son in Obashi, for, uh, I guess, close to 30 years. Um, I was I, I, I met him actually as a bucker. My car broke down on Coney Island Avenue with fitness, and uh, along comes Banish and gave me a boost. That's how I first met him, and that developed wow. into a friendship about you know going to paramedic school together, et cetera. I spent many many Shabbosim as a bucker with him, many Shabbosim together with my wife with him. We kind of grew up as, as as adults. Actually, my wife and I said tonight um, to Bashi that we kind of grew up in their house. We kind of learned how to be adults. Um, so, just two things I want to I want to mention is that. Shabbos is something I think that we all look forward to as, as Orthodox Jews. Um, Shabbos did not exist in Banish's vocabulary. It was Shabbos Kodesh. You never called it Shabbos. You never, ever heard him say Shabbos. Shabbos Kodesh. Michael coming for Shabbos Kodesh is Shabbos Kodesh. That's number one. Um, number two, in all the many Shabbosim that I spent in his house, um, Bashi is, anyone knows Bashi knows that she's just a giant. She's just extraordinary. She's incredible. There's no... There's really no um, comparing her to anybody else. Um, and in all the Shabbosim that I spent there, there was never, ever a time that I remember, and I'm talking about many, many years, that they were ever, you know, rushing into Shabbos. Shabbos was always ready on time. Uh, she was relaxed. That, that She made sure that the house was relaxed going into Shabbos. I mean, it's a, it's a challenge for many of us, myself included, and I've been trying very, very hard over the years to get better at it. But I can tell you that one thing that I learned from them is the value and the appreciation of Shabbos Kodesh. And the way that was is from Bashi and Banish on down to the children. There was never, ever rushing into Shabbos Kodesh, and it was always Shabbos Kodesh. And he he loved it. He looked forward to Shabbos the entire week, in large part, I think, because of the way that Bashi made it. Bashi made it a very, very tranquil, beautiful, 
um, and calming experience. It is truly beautiful, and I think it's something that we can all really try to work towards to really appreciate Shabbos and go into Shabbos the way that Bain Shabashi did, which was always being ready ahead of time, not rushing into Shabbos, and giving Shabbos to stop or do. Wow. Wow. Um, did any of you know the family personally, the Sanal or Simcha? We we all do. Of course we all do. We all do. We're oh, close friends with everyone in the children, with Ashi, with Anish's brother, everybody. We're all family. Wow. So I got to know the fa- the family because my wife was best friends, is best friends with with her oldest daughter, with Chaya and uh, Chaya and Yasser. She told me tonight. They also, yeah, they're they're unbelievable and. Just as he's saying, like, he wishes his kids would continue doing chesed, I don't want to single out any of the children, even though, let's say, we know Chaya and Yassi so well. But I'm just going to just give an example of how the chesed still goes on. So tonight, since Chaya is sitting shiva, she asked my wife, was sort of, they cook for high lifeline and doing so many other chesed. So my wife said, sure, I'll take over the high lifeline that you're cooking. They are wow. children, I... I feel like I'm going to miss people, so I don't want to miss, but from Yossi to Maishi to all the kids, to son Yitzi and Elishava, they came into you, then there's just each child, each one, uh, just sitting, I'm just picturing now the, the daughters, and I'm just forgetting their names, and the son-in-laws, each and every child is a giant of their own, and they're, the Amrit of Chesed from their father, it's it's unbelievable how, and it's that Ava, that everyone that speaks them just feels close. So right. important, so important. By the yeah. way, I just want to read you some messages that J. Root is getting, so I'm going to read them. Thank you so much, J. Root, for giving such a time for this amazing person. These paramedics give their heart, caring, and time, and their life. They are angels in human bodies. It's important for people to hear how much these tzaddikim give up for their own personal life. They deserve a loud applause. Here's another. Um, let's just see another message. Out there. He's just, uh, Rav Nissen is sending me now just a couple of messages um, that we're getting just regarding this. I have over here someone that sent me over here. I wish I'd have someone who is there for me, who supports me and believes in me and who encourages me and who gives me physical and emotional love. But unfortunately, I don't have anyone like that. Wow. Wow. Yes, so the message is really triggering in people, and that's what I want to realize. Each and every one of us can be that. That's what I learned from Banish. Not that I don't think I'll ever be able to do it his way. He just had that unbelievable kayach to him. But there's definitely a, a power that he had. I guess since he was suffering for ten and a half years of this illness, I just want to read everyone a message that I got today. I got it at 531, and this is from a teenager, a, ri- a poem written from a teenager that is now suffering from Yenamachla, from cancer. And this is the poem that she asked me. She's in a New York hospital if I could read it. So if everyone just listens to this, because the chizik, I think it's very powerful, but... And I'd like to read it. The poem goes as follows. Slow dance. Have you ever watched kids on a merry-go-round or listened to the rain slapping on the ground? Ever followed a butterfly erratic flight or gazed at the sun in the fading light? You better slow down. Don't dance so fast. Time is short. The music won't last. Do you run through each day on the fly when you ask, how are you? Do you hear the reply? When the day is done, do you lie in your bed with the next hundred chores running through your head? You'd better slow down. 
don't dance so fast. Time is short. The music won't last. Ever told your child we'll do it tomorrow? And I'll and in haste and in your haste not see the sorrow? Ever lost touch? Let a friend, let a good friendship die because you never had time to call and say hi? You'd better slow down. Don't dance so fast. Time is short. The music won't last. When you run so fast, you get somewhere. You miss half the fun of getting there. When you worry and hurry through your day, it is like an unopened gift thrown away. Life is not a race. Don't take it slower. Hear the music before the song is over. And this is, again, just a message that let's appreciate what we have. Parents, I mean, me as a parent, as, as a spouse, just to spend time and appreciate what we do have and the focus on what we do have. I guess the bracha, and I would just want to finish off saying to the family, because they are the ones that really take with them the loss. They're still sitting shiva. We are thousands of people. So we probably saw maybe a thousand people at the Leviah, but I'm sure they were quadruple those that couldn't make it. Just one quick story that I just thought of now, that just speaking to his children, they told me, you know how interesting it is that I guess you guys would know about this, but sometimes when you had to give people IV, it would be cold or if, it would, or if the machinery or whatever it was would be in the car. So Banish would put it on the radiator or on top of something it shouldn't be too hot at night, that if he gets a call, he would just run and take it. But this way it should already be warm, that it should be easier when you have to give someone or get the line in. It's just who he was. I guess for everyone listening, let's think of the little stuff that we can do, that we can, that someone should feel that, wow, we're that special. We can grow. Someone believes in us. And if we are gutsy enough or if we have the love in ourselves to give the person the hug or to talk, call the person shameful or you're special or you're dear or you're a tzaddik and to have that heart. Is there anything, or actually, in the sano, I'd like to ask you, each of you, after just I, one little add, thought or one little one message thing. that you'd like to finish with. I have to add one thing because I just feel that it should have been said, and it wasn't said. I should have said it right away in the beginning. His chashivah satira is one thing, but you can ask Michael and Simcha and everybody that knew him, he had a safer in his hand wherever he went. He went out of his house on a call. The Gemara came along because he might have time to learn. <clears throat> the safer was on the table. The safer was on the stender. The safer was always there. This is besides everything else. He always found time to the retire and to learn. That was unbelievable because whatever was going on, he made the time for that. The last short while, he couldn't carry a safer. It was too hard for him. But before that, for many, many years, I'm sure Michael will tell you, Michael, when you were there, Oh, Gamora, always in his hand. Guy was learning all the time. Every free free time he was learning. That's one thing very important to Kuda. Number two, very important to Kuda. I never heard him say Lashonara. I never heard him say Lashonara. He stopped us thousands of times over the years. I know him probably 25, almost 30 years. He stopped us whether we were on calls, acting improperly, or smoothing in the shul or in the house. If something came up that could have become Lashonara, the conversation ended immediately. He put his hand up. That was the end. That's number two. Those things are very, very important. That creates such a character in a person to give him the ability to love people. Because he wasn't busy knocking people almost ever. I don't remember ever hearing it. And one other thing, I posted on a chat today. These guys saw it already. I posted a reminder. They get up from Shiva tomorrow morning. People should remember that, you know, you got to go. Someone responded. He said, no one 
will be able to get up from this shiva. That's what wow. he wants. And that's, it's that's such a deep thought. This is something we, we can't recover from this, this kind of thing. It's just yep. so big. We each have to take on a huge responsibility to try to, to try to do what he did. Act in his way. Yes. Yes. So true. So, so true. Michael, what would be, let's say, your message that you would like to share? Um, I guess the message is the, the wake-up call that I think we all get sometimes when something like this happens. It's, uh, it's more my personal thought is you got to wake up and realize that, uh, that um, you know, these things are sometimes reminders that uh, we rush through life and, and don't appreciate um, the people that are in our lives and the, and the things that we can learn from those people and to then apply to our own lives. Um, and, uh, and hopefully these stories you brought up and we all kind of think about will make us, will, will, will cause us to, to be uh, pushed towards action, to do the things that maybe we know we should be doing but are not doing and that we could do and should do. Thank you. And Simcha? Yes, what I, what I always take away is what I mentioned before, is that Banish was the ultimate person who empathized with everybody. The real concept of when you, told, when, you, when, you gave, when you showed him what pain you were in, he felt your pain. You saw it in your eyes. He embraced you with his hug. He really felt your pain. And just, you know, and we, we heard part of that in the poem that you had just read, and that is that Sometimes when you tell, when somebody's t- trying to share something with you or somebody's trying to tell you about what they're going through, instead of just rushing by, take that time and embrace it and take away some of their pain. Because whatever you can do, we can all do this in the schus and the memory of the Heliger of Anish. Yes. And I was already mentioning, thinking of the names, I missed the wonderful son Chaim. I'm just thinking of each of their children, each of their daughters. They are giants of their own. And Bashi and his wife, you know, the way they were a couple, my wife would always tell me, like, you know, we're pretty good, just, but when you saw Banish and Bashi, like, they worked together. They were a team. It was like the right and left hand, the right and left foot of the body, like, just moving. It was in sync. They really understood each other. And he's truly a goddle to have nachas from his children, nachas, beautiful Shalom Bayez, helping people that's out there. And it's what is chos? What is chos? I want to thank you all for giving us your time, and I guess I should maybe be happy to call yourself. We can tie up three of the paramedics, and you guys were not called away for some emergency. Um, I guess we should thank Hashem for giving us that time. But all oh, thank of you, thank each. I want to thank each of you for giving Rabbeinish this kavod achron and this respect, and again for making the time. And you guys are you and your spouses and children should just continue. And Rabbi Shalom should protect each of you from anything and from everything. Amen. Thank you very Amen. much. Amen. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you for all that you do, Mordechai. You're truly a tzaddik. You help so many people all the time. You should be, continue to be avenged and continue to help people. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for that. Okay, Harav Nissen. Yes. What oh. do you say to this? First of all, I, unfortunately, I didn't know that uh, the person, you know, Benish. Yeah. But uh, you know, th- th- it shows you know that this what do you call it? The small, big people are yeah. doing, giving the tone. You know, we we know it every the day. You know, we expecting that the huge and all these noisy things that all around the PR people with all this kind of uh, uh, public relationship they're doing. Believe me, yeah, we know very well that it's not the case. 
Most of the times, right. the people behind the scene, nobody knows about him, nobody thinking about, nobody hear what they're doing, and then suddenly you find them that are not here. And many times, unfortunately, the good and the best uh, disappear first, and yeah. they're going up. They don't disappear, they're going up to, the, to their location, the right location. But, uh, you should know the three people that we had on are from, I, I don't want to say others aren't, but these are people that volunteer their times for Yisrael. that when people need IVs at home and instead of going to the hospital, you need to be a paramedic or on that level to be able to do it. And that's what these people are doing. I, I was amazed. I was touched when I heard the names that are willing to volunteer to come on. Because I asked, I, I reached out, I wanted to have people that both knew him personally, knew the family, and that are also people that are of substance. And I couldn't believe who we got. Each and every one of these people, from the Sanal Gold, Michael Wacht, and Simcha Shane, are leaders, leaders, Gedolim. In, in every level, they're doing transports, they're flying people, they're going, and this is all on their own, this is all their time. Yeah. And they're, they're doing it with a smile and with a care. And if you need and somebody it, to help you to raise money to J-Root radio, uh, radio, it's also in the tunnel. <laughs> yeah, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so these are people that are out there, and again, for everyone that are parents, let's friends. Just that, like, like I, I love that there are just so many stories out there. There's one interesting story of this, and just for you to understand that that's, it, got, it got to be famous, but he didn't want it to be known that it was his name. There was a, a very important parlor meeting. They wanted to raise money, and they said that if Afpam will show up, they will raise a lot of money. So in order for Afpam to go, they needed someone, the paramedic and everything. So Banish, of course, was going to be the one that was going to drive but what he did the night before, no one would do, and it only came out by accident. What he did was he drove to that person's house, let's see, from Rough Palm's house, to where the house where he's going to go to, where they did like that parlor meeting. And he was driving through the streets for several hours to see which streets don't have bumps, because Rough Palm was literally bedridden that they took him, let's say, in the, you know, in that bed or, or that stretcher. And that's how they got him there. And until they, it was, he was in huge pain, but to help, that was again Rav Tom as well, to help an organization, to help a Moisid, he was there. But Danish was driving for hours to find which streets have the least bumps that it wouldn't affect him because he had Yana Machla and whatever, and, you know, and it was just painful each bump. That was him. Not for the fanfare, and this is what he did for everyone. As we heard the story that was someone was in Lakewood, can I be there? Can I speak to him an hour and a half? And he drove down. Like you said, this is the silent leaders, and I find that I find that, that it's so important because when I work with people one-on-one, when we have in the center of this, and when you speak to people, we always hear about, like, the loud people. We don't hear about the quiet ones. And what I want people to know is the quiet ones, everyone was there, probably a 1,000 people at that Levi, there were over 200 people by the Kvura. And again, not to Hasashom, limit any other Hatzal members of their Hasashom, Nifta, they don't have that entourage, but they had like the buses. The Hatzal gave him the covered Achrona saying he is someone that affected and touched everyone in the Hatzal family, that how could they not go? There were 200 people just at the Kvura and lines of cars that were there because he, he touched someone touched everyone on a personal level, and each and every one of us can do that. There's a famous question out there, and it goes like, do you know who won the, the Olympian gold medal for swordsmanship? 
Do you know who won the Olympian gold medal for the for skiing? All these questions, these are top in the world. Do you know who they are? No. But can you think of a person that affected you that was your that someone that you looked up to to respect? And you'll find over there your parent, a grandparent, an aunt and uncle. You'll find a Rebbe, a teacher, a Godel. That's what you're going to find. That's what we're going to. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. So let's recognize to everyone listening that that is the goal that we've got to remember the power of us, and that's why I'm spending the full time. A, he affected and touched my life, someone that I respected. B, his family is so special. Each of them are giants and are wonderful, and to have a father like that, I just can't imagine what luck and how special they have. And they still have a very powerful and strong mother that will go with them and help them and to be strong during this time. And all of Claudius' role is, is in sorrow with you. Now, if there's anyone listening out there that knew Rabbi that would like to share a story, we've got about eight, nine minutes left to the program. I don't know how easy it's going to be to go into questions, the emotional health. But if someone would like to ask that question as well, we can do that. We've got a couple of minutes left. So if you would like, the number to call up is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858, and go ahead and place a call. And it's... Interesting, I've just got a message from someone telling me that he was years, that he, that he used to be years ago the paramedic, and he was one of the first to become a paramedic. Yes, he was 35 years. His number was F35, which was Flatbush 35. He was 35 years a Hatzalah member from the early paramedics. And he also, they're telling me he also used to be one in the Monroe as well. So people knew him very well, and he was across the board. A yid is a yid. Everyone just loved him. So, again, for someone that would like to call, the number now is 718-683-5858, And let's go ahead and see what we have. There is over here another message that someone sent us over here. and says, people should realize that we can be angels if only we treat others as special as they can be, and you don't have to be rich, and you don't have to be a rabbi, and that is Yiddishkeit. We've got to do the best that we can. Not everyone is zeichet to be a, a rav. Not everyone is zeichet to take those roles, but we are zeichet to be a yid. And we do have that Yiddish koyach that we can change and do so much. So we're going to go to Mrs. S. And you're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Again, it could be about any topic that you'd like. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Hi. So you're on with Mordechai. I can't believe I'm so proud. Okay. Yes. Well, I guess I want to clarify one little technical mistake that I said, and that is that a wonderful tzaddik, we'll still call him that, an angel, as he's been called, the Sanal Gold, is not a paramedic. He's just an EMT. I love the way we're writing just an EMT. Wow. An EMT. Wow. An amazing person. And thank you for spending your time and for everyone for spending their time. Really, really appreciate it. Yes, so go ahead. Sorry, you're on with Mordechai and Okay. So, first of all, um, I just wanted to let you know that um, the awareness that you're, you know, trying to create in the honor of your father, I have to say that you're doing an amazing job. There is, Thank you. I, I, it's like an earthquake. So many people are up with it and so amazed by 
what an awareness this is bringing to, you know, to us, to the people that are Thank not you. involved in in um, in everyday in everyday like um, mental health issues, but they have people around them, and it's really amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I'm back to 325. Question number 325. Oh. Wow, that one was. So, listen, 325 <laughs> is the one when we had the caller. Do you remember? When we had with uh, with calling up, we discussed it that two sisters that stopped talking to their mother and after they went to the therapist. Now we clarify it's not that they're talking; it's that it's not that the therapist told them to stop talking to their mother. It is rather that they're it's rather that they were so affected by the relationship with the mother they couldn't be a wife and they couldn't be a mother that they needed to take a break to build themselves up because unfortunately the mother had some emotional issues. Right. And they couldn't function. Yes. So now, just just so, to me, I know what three twenty-five is. I there might so give many. myself away a little bit, and I might get for it something. But I, you know, at this point, I don't care. Okay, I just just be like aware I that we can't. It. Yeah, we won't be able to remove it after. So <laughs> that's fine. It's okay. So okay. my question is this: Now, this might have been my niece that called in. I'm not sure, but this is the exact situation that went on with her: that she stopped talking to her parents. And it's not only making uh, an issue between her siblings, but it's also a big issue between the aunts and the grandparents, and I'll tell you why. Sure. Because, first of all, besides for the fact that that she cut off from her mother, which is unfortunately not her mother, it's her stepmother. She lost her mother when she was a little child. Yeah. And, um, and... And her father, which is actually my brother, is the one that is that is asking us, the aunts and the grandparents, to please not take her in, um, it, it, like as a substitute for her parents, because it's very painful to him. And you know, we shouldn't um, like if she asked, she used to come to me like for yomtiv, for shabusim. And it's becoming a little uncomfortable because I feel like my brother is in pain and I wouldn't want to hurt him. And my niece is calling me that she would love to come to me because she doesn't have anywhere else to go, unfortunately. And I say, um, I would love to take you, but I really can't do it to my brother. And it's very, you know, I'm sorry. But I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. Oh, wow. Your question are what I call the Pikuach Nefesh questions. These totally. are Silas. Thank we, we you. We need to have... Let's 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 take apart your question, and Rav Nissen, I will use your help over here. Um, take this question. I'm going to repeat the question for everyone listening, and we're going to show how complicated this question is and why you need a Rav. And I will tell you only from the big gedolim to go to that understand what personality disorders might be like, because we're dealing literally with life and death. Shilas, obviously. Let's repeat your question. And I I know you said it, Anise. I just like. From my experience, it's fine. Let's, I understand. I, I got right. your uh, method already yeah. a little bit. <laughs> so there is a there is a child which either she feels the parents were very tough on her and she cannot connect to them because whenever she does, it's painful, and it's really on a level that she can't function after that. So her only survival mode is to disconnect from them, but she doesn't yeah. mean to disconnect from the family. Now again, here's where there's just so much to depend on those. Did she disconnect and she's angry? Did she disconnect that she's going to therapy to heal? Did she disconnect but able to have some connection? Did she disconnect 
trying to have some relationship, and the parents are now acting abusive, which means either all or nothing. Are they really the issue, or is she really the issue? Sometimes, unfortunately, we've got children. Uh, I know. Where it they might are have been both. I, just want... I don't know. I know. Let's just I'm asking what my part over got. here is. Like, if I get the phone call from my brother, please don't take her in if she doesn't have any Now, let's stop a second. Hold very... on. Hold on. Let's just clarify a second. We're not even there yet what you should do. Okay. Uh, That's what I want to know. That's all why I'm Oh, you, why, you would remember, this program is awareness only. Your answer right. takes a top therapist hearing the full details, hearing your relationship with the family, and as well, and as well doesn't mean also, as well means equally important, if not more important, a top diet that understands. Let me explain to you why. Because very likely, I'm not going to go into it halachically, you are not allowed to, if someone tells you, do not be close to someone. Just, again, don't, please don't take my psak halacha. I want you to run it by a rub. I've run by the rub many times in every halacha. I've got several dayanim that I had involved that wanted that, for, I want to get them on the radio, and they said they don't want to do because mental health, their words, their psak are going to be taken out of context. They didn't even want to do that. So let me explain to you, but as a, a child several times where they want to invite someone to a wedding, and their parents tell them, don't invite them right. because I'm going to fight with them. The halachas, you are not allowed to listen to your parent. It shall right. halacha right. to help another to invite someone to make a machlaikas. Even if they have the rights to be in a fight, you're not allowed to not invite someone because a parent told you not to. So I just uh-huh. want you to understand. I'm not asking now what to do. Because no, no, no. I understand. If, sh- if your niece isn't well and the parents are healthy, then actually by not inviting her, you're healing her because she needs to learn that you can't make personality disorders, part of their therapy is that you can't make a mistake and then go to the next person. We try to close their exits. But if the parents are not healthy, and this mm-hmm. girl is reaching out, and you don't take her in, who will take her in? Besides, halakhically, they might not even be allowed to make such a phone call to you. We're not talking about no healing. So I need you to realize your question, are pikuach nefesh Because imagine someone, which I deal with a lot of times, they're children of personality disorders. So these parents are wonderful people in their heart. But in reality, they are so detrimental and so painful and so destructive that this child, if they don't get help, if they don't disconnect Hashem, I've worked on more than, more than 10 cases where the child of such people ended up in the suicide watch in the hospital. Now, had an yeah. aunt or uncle, yes, taken them in, when right. they're saying, oh, I'm looking for health. You know my parents have issues. Oh, you know my mother or my father. No one can be I around know. the person. Please let me see what normalcy is. And then those family members were afraid to get involved. And then Nebuch, when these people, if they take their life over there in the hospital, all of a sudden all the guilt comes up. I need you to understand Everyone. your question is not a yes or no. This takes right. first a huge das that understands what a personality disorder is. That's a Paschanet. Again, just like every field, you need a dying that is experienced in that area. Mental health is an, is an expertise. A and right. B, you need to know who is really the ones with the issue, who do you suspect, what's your experience, and you need to go one-on-one to a therapist and share everything. I definitely would not be the one to tell you what to do, but you definitely have created an awareness for people to realize what is going right. on. Listen, I want to hear your so, take on the matter. So, so the, uh, the awareness is that, you know, I feel like people should know that it's not only the immediate family that can be affected, it's all the aunts, the uncles, the grandparents, every simcha comes, every, whatever comes up, there's always this issue of 
you know, where do we go? Do we stick with, to the, you know, do we stick to my brother, to my sister-in-law, and be nice to her? And, and you know, That's right. eat like, or, That's right. you know. Thank you for bringing that go. up. That's what personality disorders do. Those that aren't well. Those remember, because I feel like we're diagnosing everyone like like we're getting a black personality <laughs> disorders. No, I just want because I remember you're you're asking a question, but when I'm speaking, I have so many different voices in my head telling me like there are some people that have the low level personality disorder where they're just learning different stuff where they have to learn skills, but they're not creating the fights. And then there are them with those real severe personality disorders, and right. those that are well, severe, unfortunately, I mean, Baruch Hashem, I wasn't living in the house. I don't really know what the issues were. I just know that it ended up in this point where she just you know, said she can't anymore. She can't, you know, deal with her husband and her kids if she has any contact there, and she just has to cut off. So I know that it's a difficult situation. It's also, you know, a blended family. It's a gansa pasha, but it, it, but the fact is that. I'm just calling because I feel like the awareness is also that the aunts, the uncles, the other grandparents, everybody becomes, it becomes like such a, a, a matzah, like every little simcha, every, it's such a painful matzah because there's really, there's no right answer, I feel. Yes, that's right. Thank you. In fact, let's, let's do it the other way. Instead of saying there is no right answer, unfortunately, any answer will be the wrong answer that there'll be emotional pain. So if you speak to the niece, right. the parents will be angry. You speak, right. you speak, you don't speak to the niece, she's hurt. You can have one brother right. say you should have spoken. Another brother right. say it's good you didn't. And all of a right. sudden, instead of having a simcha of happiness, grandparents start worrying. There starts being phone calls instead of focusing on excitement. Rav Nissen, what do you say to all this? Right. I tell you the truth, that it's so scary. It really something that... Uh, it's so sad, also because our parents don't know so much about health, you know, mental health issues, and they don't right. understand really what's going on. Yes. It's, it's something you know, that's like avalanche, because we, we, you know, who said that you are okay? You know, we don't know, you know, right. that, and, and maybe it's just regular, regular, I don't know, that it, it's teenager issue. I don't issue. even know. Right? No, no, you I understand, it's something know. that... We, uh, I it's... just know that for myself, it's an issue, and I, I would love to help both. I would love to be there for my brother because I know he needs me, and, you know, he wants me to be, you know, nice to his family. And then I would love to be there for my niece. She, she you know, she also needs me, and I like her. I love both. But who do I have a bigger uh, surprise? How uh, old is the niece? Just a quick curiosity. Hello? How old? Ask her yeah. again. How yeah. old she, your niece? Well, she's a young battle. She just, she just, you know, she's a, she's a young. Um, she got married a few years ago. She has three kids, four kids, whatever she has. Let's say she's twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight. Yeah. She's, and, uh, let's say twenty. In her twenties. Let's say in her twenties. Right. And uh, so, it's it's you know, <laughs> I spoke you know yesterday spoke about it you know. People talking about crisis in Shidduchim. What about crisis in families, you know, that happened, you know, young couple that don't have the, the knowledge to handle each other. And uh, I think I think that it's, it's a big shela, big, big, as, as Rabbi Mordechai said, it's, you need to consult with Gdolim and try to find really what happened in between. Uh, first of all, in the, young, in the young couple itself, you know, what happened over there and what is the relationship between the father and the daughter, what relationship with the, the in-laws? There's no relationship, right. There is no relationship with the father and the daughter. And it's before the marriage or after the marriage? No, no, after the marriage. After yeah. the marriage, because the marriage or because or because, or because because something else? 
Well, maybe maybe since she got married, she had her husband, and her husband made her more aware of things that she was not so, you know, when you live in a situation, I don't think you have exactly what's going on until you step out of it, you know? That's yep. what I think. I, I might be wrong, but that's what I think. Yes, yes, yes. It's, wow, so thank you for creating this awareness, because we always talk about the immediate, and now you're discussing and just creating further the awareness about its aunts, uncles, and I guess let's focus a drop on the solution is any healthy person start going to the professional together with that Rav to get the advice, because imagine you would speak to a top die in New York Kahila that would tell you whatever the halach is. Either the halach is you speak to the parents and you don't speak to the, to the niece, or the halach is that you speak to the niece and you, and, you, and you don't get into what the parents say, and then they're getting upset at you. How are you going to respond? Right. How are you going to do it? All right. that. Right. All well, this okay. is it's what's just, going to happen. It's just that I don't know that many details. I just know that I'm a person. I would love to be there for yeah. her and for him. I would, you know, and, and so would my whole family, I know, but. Yeah. You know, like, it's it's not so easy to just go to a therapist and say, you know, I really don't know who's, diff- you know, who's a difficult person, who's the one that has personality disorder. And, but they will you know, at least guide you and it. hook you up at least or help you or have you be aware of which Rabbanam or your Kahila. Just for people should know, again, the number to call up. We had several people, but waiting on the call, they disconnected. 718-683-5858, 718 Thank you very much. 5858, yes. Yeah. Thank you. And good luck. Yes, and here we got a message of sent me. Hi, a Rav once Paskin that I need to tell out my father to someone. And of course, it was very uncomfortable. It was Pikuach Nefesh. Yes, I need us to understand the Rabbanim are knowledgeable, the big ones, those that have experience, those that deal with mental health. It's just like any field that you need experience in. Some are specialists in Hulcha Shabbos, some are specialists in. In medical shilas, there are different different in areas where they have lots of different expertise, and mental health is becoming that expertise, becoming an area that it's not just about what I think; it's about understanding the diagnosis, about understanding that not every diagnosis can be healed with a good vart, and that's so important. We're going to Mr. N. Hi, you're on the air with Mordechai Nervnison. Hello. Yes. Um, first of all, I'd like to thank you. I listened to listened to your previous shows. A lot of an insight, new insight on these things. Sure. You're welcome. Um, thank you. My question is, It's pretty... Yeah. And I get... I sort of put myself in a mode that this is how stuff has to be, and this is how the Mahalach of the Yeshiva has to be. And, and this is talking about Yeshiva with the Mahalach and... and the way stuff should be, and and middle of some stuff in the yeshiva which don't, which I don't, I don't think should happen, and all that they get me nervous and they throw me off track. Yeah. So first, let's tell you, welcome to being normal. Can you realize that? Yeah, and, but it, it sometimes it happens in a very, and it might throw me off for a week or two, whatever. So let's let's go ahead and and take your question, and just repeat your question. So your question is as follows. You're a bacher in a wonderful yeshiva. You love the yeshiva. It's excellent. You're steiging and you're growing. And this yeshiva has a mahaloch of what is, let's say, the best way to learn, the best way to succeed. And there are some, you have some parts that doesn't match with you. And it throws you completely off. 
No, no, no. I, it seems to me that some stuff in the Shiva, which you know, I, I'm very, I like, I'm, I'm, I say my, my I myself, I'll pee the Yeshiva's Mahalach. I think that's the right thing, and I'm, that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm interested in. But some stuff in the Yeshiva, with their Bayim or whatever, with the Bachrim, doesn't end up working their way, and they, whatever, they, they veer off according to what I think is the right thing, and then it, it bothers me. Let's see, there's a, so a when they're the not doing is, what you feel should be right, that's what bothers you? Yeah. Okay. Rav Nissen, what do you say to this? Welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah. Uh, many things that we don't, you know, it's, first of all, to try to find, you know, many things that it's bother me, and I, I try to find why it's bother me. If it's because it's the truth, because something that... Uh, uh, you know, and we said sometimes it's like they did Gaiva and a point that uh, how come they do it and sometimes it's really domestic that it's painful that it's hypocritism from, you know, that's something that's a double standard that people are doing uh, but uh, you, you have to understand that uh, we live in, in really in, 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 a, in a world of, uh, of a, a lot of uh, diversity, a lot of uh, point, different point of view to do, to, uh, and you have to, to accept other people, you know. Again, we spoke about before about uh, this uh, uh, Zakheim, as, uh, 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 no, Benish, right, Benish? Yes, um, yes, he was very good friends with Rabbi Benish Mandel. Yes, yeah. but, Not rabbi, he went know. under Benish, okay, but he but, is a rabbi. Yeah, Benish. He, he, he was a person that he took his his own responsibility, and he took about caring about other people, and he took the world in a different point of uh, view. Uh, that first of all he saw the other people, and and then he saw himself. He and try to look about this perspective. You know, when w- uh, try to find really what is you, what bother you. If it's really amistic, if it's something that you really, uh, you know, you cannot live with this, or just, you know, that's something that you just transfer to the side and said, you know what, they have the opinion that the, uh, they have the opinion on this you, and I have this, you know, uh, and that's what I'm thinking, you know. Again, uh, I don't know what 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 is bother you over there. You know, I it, think I I see a mahalach, which makes a lot of sense to me, and I I think it's dry mahalach and all that. And then I, let's say let's say the Rashiva, that's how he tells them how. And there's let's say another Rabbi, which whatever, so he, he thinks I don't know exactly what, but he he feels otherwise. I mean he doesn't say it but he, he would go on a little different Nikuza, he'd say a little different. He would let's say the Shira would be a different on a little different Mahalach, let's say. Uh, but you see this uh, you know, when you're sitting and see uh, a, a, the the a room full of uh, of Yeshiva boys or Bahoim, let's say learning each one of you, it's a different malach, and you know, this is like something that you see, I love to see that they're all, and the Bet Midrash, that everybody's arguing, yes, yes, not this, you know, all this, all this is the beauty about the Torah, and take it as, as a compliment, take it to some, somebody that, you know, in another, what do you call it in, in a uh, professional language, I, saw, I would say, in the universities, it's called it brainstorming on the, on, on the looking on the Torah way of life. And I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about let's say, a specific mahalach in the sugya. No, no, I'm just. I'm just. Let's say I'll be in a chassid yeshiva. Yes. Not the case. Like, I'll be in a chassid yeshiva, and then and then the the rabbi would start saying Tyra from from Shemeshkop, Let's say, so then that's like a whole different. It's a whole different 
Now, hold on. Can we stop a second? Can we realize, and I, I just want to clarify the way you're looking at things, part of a Bacher's view, and forgive me, Eyal, if it might sound a little bit too strict, but <laughs> Bacherim and teenagers, and then when I say Bacherim, even up to 24, 25, well, let's say more 22, 23, life is very black and white. So that, what, therefore, what happens is that Let's say, as you said, Roshiva has a mahalach, and the Magadshir has another mahalach. So it's very black and white. It's either Roshiva is a mahalach, there can't be another mahalach. What happens as we mature, and that's the beauty of what we get through marriages, that there are many mahalachim and they're all right. The Rosh Hashiva is the one that gets to delegate which is the way that this yeshiva is going to go. And it's normal to have a Magadshir of a different personality because you can't have a clone of the Rosh Hashiva. It means automatically there will be someone with a bit of a different way of doing something. So I know I've got, let's see, a center, and I've got a couple of therapists working with me. I know each of them will do my system a little bit differently. I'm not expecting them to do it exactly. I just want to make sure that 80% of the way I would do it or the way I feel the therapy should be done is what we do. And there's room for everyone to do it their unique way. A teenager sometimes views life, it's got to be exactly that way. And I promise you that if you are going to be a, well, let's say, Bachram or 40 Bachram, and you have to give that same shear from the Rosh Hashiva to 20 Bachram, you're going to have to change the words for that two or three Bachram that don't get it. Now, one of the Bachram, which got it when you use the exact words, is going to say, hey, now you're changing the words. Having flexibility to see gray area and to see it really is the Mahalach. So if you're going to take a Chesidah as you said, being Chesidah Yeshiva, it's not talking about Rosh Hashiva, if you're talking 80% the Chesidah Shesvarim, yes, there will be some Bachram that would love to hear of Shemeshkop, and they'll be very open to it. But, like, I want to be the Roshiva Talmud. I'm not in a shir yet. I'm in, I'm in a lower shir. And, and yeah, and did the Rosh Hashiva keep that Magad shir in the Yeshiva? Did the Rosh Hashiva hire that Magad shir? Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. So that means the Rosh Hashiva is okay with the process, and you're going to get there. So you want to get it right now. You want to be there Ahead I'm of time. Not, Yeshiva, I'm fine. I can get this year. He's very, very old. He's not giving a share anymore. Okay. Yeshiva, I mean, Does he have then a, a, a Malamakam, his son or a son-in-law? Whatever. I don't want to give too much details. but Exactly. So whatever the system is, it's meant to go to the next to the next level, to the next generation. That's, that's basically what's happening. I came to Yeshiva four years ago, and yeah. the Yeshiva then was very, he was very, very healthy, whatever. And he was very yeah. happy of things. And then he became, over the last two years, he became very, very sick, and he's like, whatever, he's in Yeshiva, but he's not like doing anything major. Right. And then, and then whatever, so his mom welcomes, like, taking, not officially, but he's taking over. So it bothers me that, that I want to hear from the Yeshiva, I know what the Yeshiva would say on this, and the Rebbe's saying not that way. Yep. Yes, my friend. That is the hardest part of all. Now, we've got several choices. We can either try to fight reality and wish that the Rosh Hashiva should be healthy and should be better, and sometimes we want the Rosh Hashiva that isn't alive anymore to come back. Or we can start recognizing that the derech that we have, we know that says Basher Husham, that we're, going, we're supposed to go to a Navi, to a Tzaddik, at that generation, because we're supposed to look at what we've got. So how can you view this Malamokam, the person taking over this year, and start saying, there is a Mahalo that I can gain from this? I could know the Rosh Hashiva had a different mahalach. Let me learn this mahalach. Let me have a choice. So when I was in social work school and I had supervision, I had a very tough time because I had, I originally came into therapy from an alternative view, 
And my supervisor understood alternative therapies. That's why I was so glad to have her as a supervisor. And she tells me, Mordechai, one thing you've got to understand. You now need to learn the, the concepts and the thoughts of classical therapy. For that to happen, we need you to not use any of the tools that you know in the past, and you need to learn this. And I was thinking, wow, I, I took over here an old, a, a therapist, that a supervisor that understands it, and now she's tying my hands behind my back. But when she explained it to me, I really understood why it's that important, because I also have to learn classical modalities. I wonder what would happen if you can recognize that no one likes to be that person in between. No, it's everyone wants to be the Rav Shach's Atal. Everyone wants to be a and Cutler's Atal. Everyone wants to be able to stop Rebbe's Atal and get the Malach from them. But the Rabbi Shalom has plans that there's time, there's age, and there's time to move on to the next generation. And it's important for us to learn to adapt. How can we do that? How can we get to adapt? I guess I can start thinking that I don't know. I, it gets me confused because I know I know what the Rishiva would say, and I know I know the Rebbe. Let's take it back to you. How can what? you let go that Basha Husham that you can be at each generation where it's got to be? I don't want to let go because I I I think the Rishiva is right. I mean, who am I? But no, no, you're allowed to have your thoughts now. Recognize this thought of wanting something exactly the way you want it. Do you realize how the Rebbe Shlelem just give a concept that we discuss a sort of like a sailboat or like trying to, like you want to drive during the daytime hours, but sometimes things happen in life and there are a bunch of makes that we got to leave three, four hours later and then it's going to be raining. Like life is about how you're going to be flexible. So think of sailing. And that is the only way you can use a sailboat is the wind blows from different directions and we have to learn to be flexible to catch the wind from different directions so it will continue propelling us in the future. It means you're right. And maybe you think you know what the Rosh Hashiva will say but you still haven't learned from him. You get, didn't get that shimish one on one. So there's one thought about thought. One is about reality getting shimish, and shimish is very important. So how can you realize that you might not get shimish from the yeshiva? You've waited. You've had an expectation of four years in yeshiva to get there. And boy, do I understand. I can share with you. I learned from our for the last for the last three, three and a half years of his life. And I wanted to get smicha from him. And the last Four months, that last fahir that we were supposed to take by him was pushed off, and I got it by Rabbi Sral Belsky's atzal, which was a schus with Neatsui. But I remember the disappointment when I couldn't get it, and then Rafam could not actually write my smicha, and he was nifter, so I got it from then the Rabbi Sral Belsky, and then from the other Rashiva signed it, and it was a printed letter, and it wasn't handwritten. And just before me, people that got smicha a year before that still got a handwritten smicha from Rafam's atzal. That is life. Everyone will share you a story where we had one expectation, we wanted it, and then we didn't get it. I mean, now the is question not, is, are like, you going to be fr- What? It's not like a small thing. Do I, am I going to get this today and not get this today? It's a whole mahalach of, of everything. Of course. It's, this is a major loss. Of course. I want to validate your loss, not minimize it. This is a whole mahalach of learning for the rest of your life. You would have thought that way, and you missed it. No, but, but you say you. Uh, sorry, that's that's jumping. Yeah, but sure. you say you build yourself on this. You that's build right. this, We're and you get just there. that's it. So hold on. So the... let me before Nissen gave you the answer. So let me shift the question to you. So what does everyone else do in their life? I had a Rebbe that he came to Lakewood a month after a Baron was Nifter. Okay, well, this is part of life. The Rebbe Shlom put it in there. What do you think is the solution to that? Rabnison gave away the answer, but I'll shift it to you again. The question, now you could steal his answer. Deal with it. it, it 
Yeah, but no, no, but that's negative. Listen, what did Rav Nissen say? What was his words? I didn't really... Good, Rav Nissen, now explain it to him. This is such a yesoid in life. It's, it's the secret of life. Basically, you start with, see what, what you're missing, and you build yourself, and go try to lift yourself to the madriga of the Rosh Hashiva that you admire, and you want to be like him. The malach and everything. You just, uh, but in the other way, you just pick from here and from this, from that, because Rosh Hashiva, he didn't get his only, his, uh, his, what is the, right now, is is now teaching you. It, in his life, he was so, so many other Rosh Hashivot, so many Rabbanim and Rosh Hashivot that coming and teach him. And he digest, he develop, he develop his own way and his own uh, malach, and he give you now, because you see that is now you missing it a little bit, and Bezad Hashem, you it will be 120 years, and you will be participate in the shiur, it will be healthy, but in the meantime you try to see and build and observe, you know, the Torah is is full of of chokmah, full of wisdom, everything is like. Just observe, observe, observe from all the direction. And then you build yourself to be a next Rosh Hashiva. I don't understand. If, you know, I, I see the Rosh Hashiva's Mahalach, and I think it's right, but then you're telling me, like, you should strive to get that, but still you should accept from your other Rabbim. It's definitely you have to accept. You know, the, we, oh, is, is, is the other Rabbim is, 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 is against the Torah, is, is something that... Uh, because no, it's chas v'shalom. It's something that each one is with a different ma'alach, right? Yeah. So you have to build so this. Can you realize that Hashem has sent you a message? So you are waiting to get this ma'alach from the Rosh Hashiva, and realize who's the one that sent this message, Hashem. And Hashem is telling you, possibly. I'm not saying I know what He's saying, but let's just make an assumption to you. This one issue that you're bringing up, His message might be, let's say, we'll call you Chaim, Chaim. This is now a message to you to learn to be flexible. I know you've worked four years in this yeshiva to get this lesson, to get this mahaloch, and I've taken it away. The goal in life is the message for you to learn to be flexible. How many other things will come in life that you have expectations that it doesn't work out the way you would like? Rav Nissen, has that ever happened to you? You had an expectation, you worked and you worked, and then it didn't work out? Yeah, definitely. I, I, I would say just I give you something. I know a person, he was in a public school, a kids, and I went to regular, you know, like Kiruv Yeshiva. From this Kiruv Yeshiva, he went to regular a high school Yeshiva, okay? And then he came to Bet Midrash, very, you know, very in, in Staten Island. And from the Staten Island, he went to Pasek, and slowly, slowly, with the, all this in Malachim, he became the Talmud of the Brisker Rabbi. You know, he, as Sephardic boys, never knew Yiddish, nothing. And not even Aramic. He spoke Yiddish in a brisk uh, accent and, <laughs> and learned from the rabbi, the Meir Zatzal, eight years in yeah. his shiur. And now we come back to, 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 to uh, uh, America and he's in Lakewood in a Sephardic yeshiva. So... Everything it's it's working. The past Akadosh Bokhu give us the you challenge. Can't, you can't say that uh, I don't I mean the, the schools of Yeshiva I'm in, but it, let's say a Hasid Yeshiva, right? So you take 
whatever, any chassis, any shtarkir chassis yeshiva, you take a, let's say, just for name, you take Baba yeshiva, and, and there's welcome there, and they're, they're, they're totally mishal themselves to the Rebbe, which is very nice. And now, then, I, let's say I'm a Rebbe there, whatever, and then I start, name, you say, say Yerub Shemin, and say Yerub Chaim, and say whatever. So then, then that's, that's not, they're, they're strictly, strictly mishubah to their, to their Rebbe. And now let me ask, that, let's take a step back. Him. You are worried. What do you think is happening in that yeshiva? Do you think you're a bacher? Do you think the staff knows what's happening? I think so. I think I think they know what's happening, and they say whatever. I don't. They say to it. Yeah. Let's go into. So remember, you're a bacher, and they're the leaders. What do you think the leaders are doing? If they are not stopping it, and they feel this is okay for now, or they feel it's not bad to have the change. Or they realize Lamana Shalom, it might be better to do this than something else. Okay. Is that possible that those in charge I'm not, I'm not, I'm not are to aware of what's I'm going to kick on? They're going to work on it. I'm trying yeah. to deal with it myself. No, so hold on, but here's that's it. So you're stuck because you're looking at it yourself. What would happen if you would open up and ask? Ask I got them, it what did, do I do? Then, I had this expectation. I asked what happens if you even go to that Rebbe himself? I went to him. Yeah, and what did he say? You're not gonna, you're not gonna like it, but he he threw me out. He told me go sit and learn. He stuff shouldn't bother you. He said what? He said he he told me to leave. He told me you should sit and learn and and just just focus on learning and he stuff shouldn't bother you. Okay, what do you think he meant by that? I think he, I spoke over somebody. I think that that you just you are. I guess you are. You are. And and you shouldn't be you should you're you're only a you're a young bacher, eighteen years old, and you shouldn't start thinking about well, mahalach with this. Just accept what you have. Okay, so let's let's try to put those words now a little gentler and and put it this way. I understand what you want. I understand the loss that you're having. As you're going to get older, you're going to realize that there's shivim on them. Uh, I forgot the exact passage. That's 70 drachim l'tayra. Shivim panim l'tora. That's why I thought. Shivim panim l'tayra. And that is, you're forcing a certain mahalach with age, and you're going to learn that there are different systems, and they're all along the same mahalach. So again, you're going to see the system into that. That happens all the time. And there's a little shift, there's a branch off, or there's a change, or the people adapt. Every Rav, every Rosh Hashiva, every Rebbe, every Chacham, their children will be a little bit different. It'll be their style. That's how the Rabbi Shalom wants it. And the message to you is sit and learn. Focus on learning. Listen, learn my share. Try the other Mahalach. Speak to other Talmidim. But your main goal is about learning. You're here to shtaik. Now, you might trying to become a clone of the Rosh Hashiva, and your goal is to learn how to learn from the Rosh Hashiva. Again, I, I have a hard time telling the Mahalach and Tairis because that's not my position to be. I'm, I want to focus more on the flexibility, to learn how to take it and to do things a drop your way. So Moshe Rabbeinu had Yoshua Benon, and we have the Messiah. It went down. Each one did it a touch based on their neshama, their style. We know many, many Midrashim explain why different Malachim went to different Nevi'im because they knew each Navi will get a message from Hashem and will interpret it a little bit based on their little Kayach, and maybe this little Kayach, this one was more Rachman, this one was a little bit harder, so at times of war they would go to the tougher one and they would speak stronger. Let's, let's try to get flexibility in your life to not get so focused. But I do think 
that if this Rebbe was not able to explain it to you to the level that you need explanation, then maybe speak to another one of the Magachirim there, another one of the Rebbeim. Because you're asking a good question, you also need to be given this information about flexibility. But about I, I the Roshiva or, or the fact knows about this Magachir and they're okay with it. And that's how life works. Okay? Good. Thank you, Ravnison. Okay. So we'll go to another caller. Yes. Short. Okay. Last caller, Mrs. P, right? Yeah, okay. Yes, good yes. evening. Mrs. Thank P? you for taking Hi, my call. I would, I would just like to answer this book or something. Um, I'm learning from what this worker wants so very badly. Um, my mother, Elisha, always taught us when we want something and we see it's not going our way, that means it's not shared. Hashem doesn't always give us what we want. And even when we ask for something, we have to ask Hashem, Yemal Hashem Kamesh Latova. Maybe the fact that this worker wants to learn under this Rosh Hashiva, but if it's not happening, obviously Hashem is showing this worker that's not the place for you right now. Right now you are with this Rebbe or this other Magashi, whoever he is with, and he should try to make the best of it and, and to steig where he is, because if he's always focusing on, oh, yeah, I wish I would, ha- I be, would be with that Rosh Hashiva. I know his Mahalach is better. I know it's different. He's not giving himself a chance to even grow where he is. It's like, it's like we always want that somebody else has. Who says that he's going to have Vatzlacha with that Rosh Hashiva? If, if, if he's elderly and, and he, she should live to 120, but maybe he's, it's not going to be good for this Bacha. So he is where he is. He should try his best with Hashem's help. He should have, he's going to have a Bracha Vatzlacha, and his parents should see Nachas of him, and he should steig to the best of his capability. But to keep thinking, oh, I want to be with the Rosh Hashiva, I know it's better for me. We don't know what's good for us. Only Hashem knows. Oh. That's right. Beautiful. And this information is what I feel he needs to hear from a Rebbe, from a Magachir, because that's exactly exactly the bit of information that's, that's needed. And coming from us, it's excellent information, but I find Bahram and teenage girls many times want to hear it from others. You know, want to hear it from the Rabbanim, from the leaders they need to hear this. And it's so nice of you to share this information. You've said it so well. That's humility. That's letting go and letting the Rabbani Shleilam you know, run the show. And our job is to do Hishtadlis. Yeah. It's also, it's, it says in Begayavos, That goes really, it's a lesson for everything. We're supposed to be happy wherever we are. If Hashem put us here, we have to be happy here. Who says we're going to be happy if we're going to be, be there? There's, there's no guarantee. Yes. So let's just be happy with where we are and, 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 and learn to the best of our capability. When Hashem self will have Hatzlacha in this area, and if he wants to be with that Rosh Hashiva, hopefully the place where he is, the Rosh Hashiva's Mahalach will, go, will be transported, will be transferred to this uh, Magashi where this Bachar is currently under his uh, Hashgacha. Yes. Excellent. Thank you. Nissan, what would you want to say? No, that's, you know, just the, the whole idea is to build yourself from everyone that's teaching you. Mikol Melamda is kalti. It's not such a thing in that one malach, two malach, you know, we know it. I know, unfortunately, sometimes people stuck on one uh, direction uh, without even trying to, to be a widening and look around. And it, it, the Torah is, shivim, as you said, many times, shivim panim la Torah is, it's, I said, seven million the it's, it's no such thing. It's so so rich. So things, so many things, and the same mailach can be 
giving by two different rabbis the same mailach, and it sounds different, you know. Yeah. So uh, we, you know, it's it's right now. It's it look like a young boy that a little bit confused, and uh, instead to build himself from this uh, situation, is just stubborn in his position. I think it's a little bit also gaiva and uh, willingness to 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 stick on on something that is he knows and familiar. No, let and, him... and that's what and that's where chinuch. That's where yes. just a little guidance. That's where yes. exactly the rabbi and the magid shir open up, and they'll give him a little awareness. A hundred percent. This is someone that never worked so many years, and it's like people's lives are based on this. Like I got close to this rosh hashiva, I knew him, and then it's just taken away. Yes, that that is definitely a major loss. Yeah. But as you said, needing to learn this, this is a lesson that needs to learn. Okay, beautiful. I know that uh, was a beautiful show and special. Yeah, Rabbeinish. Uh, and uh, I know that uh, I cannot say Benish without Zaikam, you know, because it's really, it was yeah. like both of them was. Uh, they were together. They, together. Were, they went to Russia years. They yes. were best friends for years. They, both, they were yes. both at 9 11 together. Mm-hmm. They both got sick the same time. And Banish was even saying, I was so close to him in so many ways. He said, you know, Mr. Zakheim was Nifter at 59. He said, I'm just turning 59. He says, I'm very worried. They were best friends, literally best friends yeah. for years upon years. The chesed, the mitzvahs that they've done together, the family, Mrs. Zakheim, uh, on, on every level, on every level, they were so close. Yeah. It's, our, it's really our honor uh, to to give the show Lilu Nishmato and Lilu all all the tzaddikim and history olam, met really unbelievable. Thank yeah. you, thank you yeah. for right, uh, giving the show for us. Thank you, thank you, Rav Nissen, for allowing it. Emirat Hashem, we will continue to have our regular weekly programs and of simchas and happy occasions and successes. Amen, amen. Amen. Hatzlacha. Sure. Good night.